the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. You know I'm a bad girl. Do what I want, say what I like. Nobody can touch me. Trust me, I'm a bad girl. Get what I want. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Hump Day. It's Wednesday night. <laughs> it's hump day. It's more than just any other day. What do you mean it's it's Wednesday night? It's hump day, babies. You getting over the hump it is Wednesday with AK. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. This is a, it says it's Wednesday, my dudes. It's Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about a lot of today's <laughs> topics, you know, but we're going to manage to have some fun in the middle of it, aren't we, Sticks? Oh, but, well, no, excuse me. I need to officially bring him in, right? Because he's he he's not just DJ Carrot Sticks anymore. Y'all don't know this. He's You may not know. He's been promoted. He's like management now. He's assistant operations manager. The the orange-fingered man he is, it's DJ Carrot Sticks. A very able carrot. Quite famous in his own right. Yeah, it's quite famous in my own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite, quite famous in your own mind. <laughs> Moving mm-hmm. up the ladder, you know. Okay, did you know, Sticks, in addition to today being hump day, today being Wednesday, and that mean it's, means it's Wednesday, um, today is also the day in which the Powerball winning, the Powerball, what, what's it called, with the, the uh, jackpot, is up to $850 million. That's a uh-huh. lot of money. That's a lot of dough. And I got me a ticket. Although the last ticket that I bought is still sitting in my wallet because I never bothered to check the numbers. But here's my theory, as y'all know, that if I always buy it at the same place. So if my store ends up selling, if I forget to check my numbers like I always do, I can count on the fact that if my store, which is a little locally owned, little deli, if they end up selling the winning ticket, then it will be all over the news. And that will tip me off to check my ticket in case I forget. Um, because I'm not very good at gambling, um, but somebody's got to win this $850 million, uh, Sticks. What do you, don't, don't you agree? Yeah, definitely. Someone's going to win it. But also, just remember that sometimes you should always check your ticket, and they make it real easy nowadays. You can just go in and scan it. But you should check because sometimes you can win even if you don't get all the numbers right. I think you can get... How do you win if you don't get the numbers right? Well, I still think if you get like three right or four right, there's some money. Oh. You don't... I mean, because like there was somebody who won recently. He didn't get the mega one, but he got, I guess, I don't know how many... You pick five numbers, right? And then the mega millions. Is that right? 
I don't pick numbers. I just go in yeah, and say, give me pick. a ticket for the whatever. Well, what I mean, it, I'm not I'm not like you, Sticks. I'm not like a sophisticated lottery player. OK, um, <laughs> you know, you're like these people we see on the, the poker world poker tour. You, you need to go on the world lottery ticket tour uh, explaining how this stuff works. Um, well, I, I, I just go in and say, hand me a ticket. I don't pick numbers. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not too big in it either, but I do know mm. that there are, I, and I don't know if it's three, four or five, but at a certain amount, you do get some money back. Of course, the more you get, the more, there was some guy who got six numbers, but didn't get the mega millions or five. And then I don't forget what it is, but he still got millions of dollars. He got like five, oh. he got 5 million. I could be sitting so on some dough you need and to, not know. You need to check your numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Here's here's an interesting story. One of the things that I've I, well, I don't know if you're going to think it's interesting or not. And then we'll move on to the hot topics of the day. Um, but I think when it comes to money and economics, that should be a hot topic for everybody every day. And five numbers. Um, most five numbers. I'm sorry. You start numbers. winning at five. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a small okay, amount. So now, but you start okay. winning at five. Six is a lot. Six plus the mega is the jackpot. Okay. Sorry. Thank you, um, Sticks, the lottery expert. Um, so. I've always said that since most lottery winners go broke and they go broke because of family preying upon them, I've always said I wouldn't tell my family. Doesn't mean I'd keep all the money to myself, but I would probably, you know, uh, I wouldn't tell anybody. I would probably get the money through them to them anonymously without anybody knowing where it came from. Um, because the quickest way that you can ruin your family and other relationships is, uh, by letting them know that you've just made $850 million in the lottery and they're going to, 850 million, and they're going to expect that they're going to, that you're going to give them 849 million of it. Okay. That a winner recently, a couple of weeks ago went and there's some states that require that you show up publicly to get your to get your money. He showed up in a scream mask and gloves so that nobody could recognize him. Genius. You, however, are the type that you would tell everybody if you won the lottery. So, you know, I would wear a T-shirt with my number on it. A T-shirt with your number on it. Yeah, And saying hashtag I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> with your phone number on it. OK. <laughs> Yeah, that that's going to bring all the best women. All the highest quality women are going to be calling you uh, crawling out of the woodwork over that one. Nice strategy, my dear. Let's move on to something serious. Speaking of money, we've got a a supposed breakthrough on the potential government shutdown situation. It seems our good friends, the Republicans and the Democrats in the Senate uh, got together and reached a stopgap funding measure to avert a shutdown. Um, uh, I, I think in, in Rand Paul had the best response to this because guess what's in their stopgap funding measure? The mo- their greatest priority, which is Ukraine, $6 billion for Ukraine. Not $6 billion to secure the border. Not $6 billion to try to deport all the illegal aliens flooding into this country, which is what we need to have. Not $6 billion to shore up our roads and freeways that are crumbling or whatever whatever you think is a priority. It, it, it's not America. And this is brought to you by Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. Think about that for a moment. Supposedly to avert a shutdown, 
They're willing to go to the mat, willing to come up with priorities, willing, you know, scratching their heads, rolling up their sleeves, saying, how can how can we put together a plan that's going to that's going to supposedly stop the 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 destruction that comes with an American shutdown, with an American government shutdown? They're going to continue to fund Ukraine. This is what the Senate has cooked up together. Rand Paul had a great tweet today. He, he tweeted out a picture of Chuck Schumer and uh, Mitch McConnell with them both grinning. And he said, oh, the smiles you face or the smiles you make uh, when you get to take care of your buddies in Ukraine. Some people are saying that this is because America loves war so much. This isn't about war. This was never about war. Not not in even 60 Minutes is reporting that it's not about war because we are funding their farmers over there. We are funding. And, and I have to assume that the six billion dollars that the Senate has put in this stopgap funding bill that would fund the government through November 17th, including $6 billion for Ukraine, also includes the farmers that 60 Minutes reported on in their expose, small businesses, first responders, dog trainers. It's probably going to even fund the salary of Maria Abramovic, the Satanist who was tapped by Zelensky himself to be an Ukrainian ambassador to the schools over there, because goodness knows we wouldn't want the kids over there to miss an indoctrination class on Satan. This is what our government is doing. Byron Douglas was asked about, and, and, and Kevin McCarthy, by the way, says, oh, he hopes the House will take up this bill. He hopes that they will, because who wouldn't want us to secure the border? Although that $6 billion that they put in there for Ukraine is to help supposedly help their border, not ours. Shame on the Republican Party that they have not already filed a motion to vacate the chair to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. When asked whether or not he was going to uh, support the Senate deal, if Kevin McCarthy brings it to a vote, here's what Byron Douglas had to say about it. Bipartisan proposal. Yeah. Senate's bipartisan proposal. Yeah. What do you make of it? Would you support that if McCarthy brought it to the floor? No, that thing is dead over here. Are you kidding me? Why? Well, first of all, you continue spending. You have $6.2 billion for Ukraine. Um, they do nothing to secure our southern border. Uh, that is just a non-starter. The Senate needs to get real. What, what You've all seen the images at the southern border. It has to stop immediately. And this government should not continue to be funding funded if we don't secure our border. What? Absolutely. There's no excuses. There's no excuses for anything going on with the Republican Party right now. I'm glad Byron Douglas, we've got a few, we've got a handful, but quite frankly, a handful of the freedom fighters in the, in the Freedom Caucus, like Congressman Biggs, Byron Douglas, and these, and these people, why haven't they filed a motion to vacate the chair? I tell you why. For the same reason why they ended up installing McCarthy. We don't have any Republicans that would take the position. We have, well, that's not true. We have Republicans that would do the job. We don't have enough Republicans that would actually vote for the free. What would happen is if they motion to vacate the chair, he would just end up being replaced with another rhino. What good would it do? This is why we got to, if we're going to take our country back. And at this point, as Congressman Biggs has said, we are looking at probably closer to 10 million illegal aliens brought into this country under Joe Biden by the time his first term is up, by the end of this term. It's unsustainable. And if it continues, we're done as a country. If there's a chance to save it, it can, it has to happen with the Kevin McConnell's, the Chuck Schumer's, 
the Kevin McCarthy's, all of these entrenched uniparty establishment hacks have to be removed from office. We have to be willing to do the hard work. Because we're be- getting beat by the likes of this Hank Johnson. You heard what Byron Douglas had to say. You've seen what's happening at the border. You've heard about the CBP one CBP one app where the Biden administration has brought in since January over 250 illegal aliens with the Biden administration working like a travel agency where they can go on this app and book a flight from their hometown in Mexico across the border. Look at the video footage from just the past couple of days in Eagle Pass. Somebody planted a Colombian flag on our soil. This is about conquest. And we've got a Democrat Party that 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 Republican Party that sounds as stupid and is acting as stupidly uh, uh, regarding the border as Hank Johnson. I want you to listen to what Hank Johnson had to say today when a reporter was questioning him about the border. People are breaking the rules, paying a criminal organization to do so to get to the front of the line. Does that concern you? Have you ever been to the border before to see what's happening? Yes, I have. I've spent a lot of time at the border. Yeah. You didn't talk with the right people, apparently, because your information, your questions based on, uh, you know, your questions are kind of off base. (laughs) Good old Hank Johnson. Sticks, you probably don't remember this. This is the dude that literally said Guam could tip over, that the island of Guam could tip over. (laughs) You're not talking to the right people, see. You need to be talking to the Venezuelans and the Colombians, and they'll tell you exactly how great things are at the border, young lady. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, breaking news today from the House Oversight Committee in terms of connections between Joe Biden, his bribery scheme, and money coming into Hunter Biden. We're going to share that with you right after the break. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me along for the ride on Hump Day. Don't forget, by the way, that we've got a podcast. If you miss any part of tonight's show, that we do have the podcast. And I'm here to tell y'all that they are just about 100% up to date. Yes, they are. So feel free to download wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to share that with friends. Post it on, on, on all the socials. Follow me on all the socials, by the way, at Andrea K. Show. We have a 24-hour hotline, 844-814-5227. And you can email me at andreakshow.com. AndreaKShow.com. In fact, I've got some emails to read you guys in a little bit, some responses from you guys. But uh, and and definitely, you're going to want to stay tuned uh, at at uh, after the next break because we've got John Lott who's going to be here. He is the guy on gun crimes in this country, and we cannot forget with all the breaking news, things happening with the border, the impeachment inquiry, the shutdown. That in the middle of all of it. There's gun grabs going on, like what just happened here in the state of California. So stay tuned for that. Got to get back to our favorite money grabbers, though, Joe and Hunter Biden. Uh, Today, the House Ways and Means Committee voted to release new documents from the IRS whistleblower testimony uh, that do, in fact, confirm that Hunter Biden sold access to his father, Joe Biden, Joe Biden via, quote, the family brand. Um, Because you know that and one of the reasons why they released this is because the Biden administration and the White House and Karine Jean-Pierre and all the uh, 
liars and propagandists and big and, and big tech from big tech and legacy media and beyond are all saying there's no evidence. There's nothing connecting Joe and Hunter Biden, except there is. So the documents they released today revealed that Hunter Biden was selling the, quote, Biden family brand in 23 countries. You thought it was just China. You thought it was just Ukraine. (laughs) According to House Ways and Means Chairman Jason Smith, quote, the Biden family foreign influence peddling operations suggest an effort to sway U.S. policy decisions. That means it wasn't just about lining their pockets. It means it was bribery. It means it was treason. It was never a case for impeachment. When Donald J. Trump made a phone call to Ukraine, but it is a case of impeachment and it's criminal, as specifically mentioned in the U.S. Constitution, for the president of the United States to sell for uh, an act of treason is selling off the United States. And that's exactly what he's done here. The committee released a a June 6, 2017 WhatsApp message from Hunter Biden to a business associate Uh, that he was not willing to, quote, sign over my family's brand or give the individual, quote, the keys to my family's only asset. The keys to my family's only asset. Well, what asset could that be, Sticks? Is this family sitting on, uh, uh, you know, are they like uh, steel magnets? Are they like that creepy, ugly dude that Jackie O married? There was the shipping magnet. Aristotle Onassis, that was his name. What, what kind of asset could it be? Is the Biden family sitting on all the mines the, where they mine the lithium to make the batteries? What asset could it possibly be? Well, given the fact that Joe Biden has been uh, the, the entire Biden family, rest of nothing but a, a career politician, as in Joe Biden, a son who was dishonorably discharged, Bo Biden, who then went on to die of cancer, Hunter Biden, the world's famous crackhead. What asset is there? There's the name Joe Biden, the vice president of the United States. Chairman Smith added that asset could only be one person, Joe Biden. IRS investigators connected Hunter Biden's tax crimes and business activity to official government business while he was vice president. Smith went on to say there was, in fact, a connection between Hunter Biden's global influence peddling, Joe Biden and official U.S. government activity. He said uh, then-Vice President Joe Biden's April 2014 official visit to Ukraine that occurred after meetings between Hunter Biden and his business associate Devin Archer senior staff, and senior staff within the vice president's office and Biden himself. A month later, Burisma hired uh, Hunter Biden. He went on to say, quote, millions of dollars were flowing through subsidiaries and LLCs to avoid taxes and shield visibility and how money from foreign sources went to different entities and Biden family members, Smith said. He also went on uh, that the new whistleblower document specifically mentioned 23 foreign countries on four different continents with connections to Hunter Biden's business operation. Uh, He went on to say that the DOJ took unprecedented action to impede any investigation that took place. Here's a clip. We couldn't play for you guys everything that came out in the press conference today, but here's just a little bit of Representative Smith saying, we know that $20 million went to Biden through shell companies. We know the Biden family made millions of dollars as a result of Hunter Biden's foreign influence peddling and the selling of the Biden brand. 
at least 24 million in payments were directed to Biden family members and associates through numerous shell companies. What's a shell company? A shell company is a company that doesn't manufacture anything, produce anything, or provide any kind of service. It simply exists as, as a pass-through entity to move money through it, to launder it, to hide it, to evade taxes, to line the pockets of the Biden family through the Oval Office of the White House. Meanwhile, the lawfare continues against Donald J. Trump as a judge in New York. He had been uh, he had been uh, prosecuted for allegedly for allegedly misrepresenting the value of his properties because they are literally going after Trump in any way that they can. I want to pull up what they what they did here. They it. it One of the ways the businesses, obviously, businesses or, or individuals, uh, remember, remember Teresa Judice. Let me let me put it in pop culture terms. Teresa Judice from Real Housewives of New Jersey, and I've never watched an episode of that show, but she and her husband, I, th- I wonder, he, he's Italian, I wonder if he's actually officially been deported. Um, but they actually went to jail because they were making fraudulent, fraudulent claims in uh, loan Uh, applications, upping the value, I think, of their properties, upping their income, lying basically about what their worth was, uh, because if you're going to borrow money, um, you know, you you claim that if you're going to borrow money, how do I say this? You've got to show that you've got a lot of collateral assets um, that it, that can cover any debts in case your income drops or you, you, you know, don't have an ability to pay it back. So I think that's part of what these fraud claims were about. Supposedly, we know what it's about is it's about everything, anything that they could do to try to destroy Trump's brand while Joe Biden and it's, and it's also meant to distract you, right? So while Joe Biden has been selling off the brand, which is access to the U.S. government and selling off the U.S. government and our policy and our taxpayer funds in order to enrich Joe Biden, now president of the United States, the left has done everything that they could to destroy the brand that is Donald J. Trump and his businesses, as well as in order to destroy the brand that is MAGA. This judge ruled that Donald Trump misvalued his property, including Mar-a-Lago. He claimed that that Mar-a-Lago in, I think it was 2017, I'm not really sure what year it was, but he claimed that Mar-a-Lago was only worth something like 18 or 19 million dollars, 18 to 27 million dollars from 2011 to 2021 saying that Trump uh, inflated his property values, including Mar-a-Lago. The judge determined was worth 18 to $27 million from 2011 to 2021. That was two years ago. Quick, anybody, anybody th- th- with, with a mouse can click and see, as, as Eric Trump tweeted out today, that surrounding properties that were one-twentieth the size of Mar-a-Lago, not on the beach like Mar-a-Lago, were valued at that time for $39 million. Now, 
Now they want to remove his ability to oversee his business operations. They want to remove his business licenses. And it's a sham. It's a scam through the courts. What our Department of Injustice is doing is criminal. I I don't even have a word big enough for it. And it's absolutely important that the American people understand that if they can do this to Donald J. Trump, they can and they will do it to you. While the IRS has been covering up the IRS, FBI, DOJ, and all the rest of them covering up the crimes of the Biden family, not just the graft and the corruption, but the tax evasion, the business dealings, the fact that the IRS knows there's 20 shell companies they've been laundering money through and nobody's held accountable with the Biden family. Look what they're doing to destroy a successful businessman in this country. And the IRS is going to be coming for you. We're going to take a break. We come back. They're still coming for your guns, baby. And John Lott is going to be here to discuss that when we come back from the break. Don't go away. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. You know what else is back, babies? The gun grabs by the Democrats. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about the government shutdown. Everybody's talking about the impeachment inquiry, the border, which is an absolute crisis. And, and, and think about this. Think about the fact that in the middle of why, while we have a literal invasion going on at our southern border with every Tom, Dick and MS-13 gang member, g- drug cartel member, dr- human trafficker member coming across our border, being dropped onto San Diego streets w- on, from their freedom runs. At that same time here in California and beyond, they're coming for your guns. Everybody was recently talking about New Mexico Governor Grisham when she declared any, quote, emergency because an 11-year-old was shot and that therefore, given her, quote, emergency powers as a governor, she had the right to deny people the ability to exercise their concealed carry permits in the state of New Mexico. Sister friend got so much backlash from that, even from the likes of David Hogg, that she thought, okay, let me pull back on that. Not a good idea. But, you know, California is never deterred. They always think it's a good idea to come for your guns. And joining me now to talk about California's latest move in that is John Lott from the Crime Prevention Research Center. Um, But even if you don't know about the Crime Prevention Research Center, everyone knows that John Lott is a world-recognized expert on guns and crime. And he joins me now. Hi, John Lott. Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. Oh, great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. All right. So um, where do I start? When I have somebody like you on, I, it just my mind starts turning in all the different you know, ways in which the gun control movement in this country is, is killing us and killing lives. But I do want to start with the recent uh, attempt to steal our guns from us and that uh, to, to quote, under the guise of protecting us. What happened recently on September 14th here in California? Uh, I guess you're talking about the call for a constitutional amendment that the state legislature passed. Right. Well, uh, obviously, earlier this year, Gavin Newsom uh, had proposed that there be a new uh, amendment to the Constitution uh, that would allow uh, states to ban gun possession for those under 21, uh, impose an assault weapons ban, uh, have a waiting period. 
And then there's kind of a catch-all phrase at the end there that just says uh, state and local governments would be allowed to uh, impose other types of gun control laws that they think would uh, improve safety. So essentially it would gut the protections in the Second Amendment. You know, you take the first one that they have there about raising the age to 21 – Uh, The claim that Newsom and many others in the state legislature were constantly making was that there are a lot of crimes committed by 18 and 19 and 20-year-olds. That As a group, 18, 19, and 20-year-olds commit crimes at relatively high rates. And that's that's completely true. The problem is, is that what this changes is not for all 18, 19, and 20-year-olds, but for those who could currently pass background checks. They will now be those people will be banned from being able to go and possess guns. And the question isn't whether 18, 19 and 20 year olds may include a number of gang members and others there. It's whether or not the people who can currently pass criminal background checks tend to be very law abiding. And the data that we have for other states indicate that people in that age group tend to be at least or more law abiding than people who are older than that. And so, you know, can crimes be committed against a 20-year-old woman who may be stalked or threatened? Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. that can happen. And and the issue should be, you know, how many crimes are they going to prevent? I mean, just from a purely practical viewpoint, since this is, that's presumably the motivation for having this law, and all they're doing is taking away the guns from the most law-abiding people. But 90% of murderers have a violent criminal record. Already, These are not normal people who go and commit those types of crimes. I'm glad you brought that up, John Lott, because it seems as though every time there's some kind of mass shooting, uh, these people are known by the FBI, right? The most recent one. Uh, now I can't even remember. I mean, you know, it, it is happening exponentially more because of a, of the cultural decline we've got. And, you know, and, and it seems it, it, they're known whether let's take ourselves back to Parkland, Parkland. How many times was the shooter visited by the FBI? Same thing down in El Paso. That kid was was voted most likely to shoot up a school. Right. I mean, these well, people are almost always on the radar of law enforcement. And then they act, you know, they act shocked. Of course, you know, they're hoping that, you know, they can, you know, somehow tie one of these shooters, you know, to the Republican Party. And that's usually a hashtag fail. Um, But, you know, the what are you seeing in terms of the the Democrats are clearly manufacturing a crime wave across the country with no cash bail policies? No, uh, you know, we're oh here in California. We're not going to we're not going to charge you with a crime if you steal up to a thousand dollars worth of stuff. Now we've got looting all over the country. We've got like I don't know if you've seen the, the latest video coming out of Philadelphia. What yeah. are you seeing? Are you uh, what are you seeing in terms of spike of of in, in the gun crime situation as it correlates to this this manufactured crime wave we've had going on in the last two years? I mean, obviously, there's been an increase in violent crime. We don't have very good numbers uh, for 2021 because you have a large number of police departments, including Los Angeles and New York, for example, uh, which didn't report uh, crime data to to the FBI. Uh, But, you know, it's pretty clear it's gone up. What's been interesting is that actually uh, gun crime as a whole went down. But one thing that people need to understand is that over 92 percent of violent crime has nothing to do with guns. 
Just less really? than 8% Explain. of violent crime involves guns. You know, obviously, uh, most murders involve guns. But when you're talking about rapes, almost no rapes involve guns. When you're talking about uh, robberies or aggravated assaults, the vast majority of those don't involve guns. And so, um, but, you know, constantly people talk about violent crime and gun crime as being synonymous. And the way you reduce either, whether it's violent crime or the subcategory of uh, gun crime, is you make it costly and risky for criminals to go and commit crime. You know, higher arrest rates, higher conviction rates, longer prison sentences, things that make it risky for criminals to commit crime. And and as you mentioned, over the last few years, we've seen cuts in police budgets we've seen, and changes in rules that make it more difficult for police to go and do their job. You know, in a city like Chicago, for example, you've had arrest rates for murder that have been less than 20 percent. You know, wow. and, and then on top of that, you have uh, bail reform where you have just in Detroit recently, you had a situation where a man had murdered three people. He was released on a thousand dollars in bail and uh, he ended up killing somebody else. And, you know, the question is, he's already facing three life sentences. What is the additional penalty that you can impose on him for killing a fourth person? Were you going to take away his fourth life then at that point? And, uh, you know, it's uh, and then you also over the last couple of years or a few years, particularly in 2020 and 2021, but even the beginning of 2022, you had judges across the country in many urban areas releasing half in many cases or even up to two thirds of inmates from local jails. So and it made little sense because I, I understand COVID, but the issue was you're talking about young guys. You're talking about young, healthy guys who are like in their late teens, uh, 20s, uh, early 30s, overwhelmingly, the people who are being released. Who well, have and no excuse me for interrupting, but I, I didn't understand COVID. Is it you, you do a crime, you stay in prison. If you die in prison from COVID, you die in prison from COVID. That's not, that's not, where does it say when a judge is, is sentencing a murderer or a rapist that, you know, you're, you're, you know, I sentence you to five years unless you get COVID, unless you get a virus. That's absolutely absurd. We've got, you know, uh, where is that in our criminal code? That's absolutely ridiculous. Well, if you're in the state of California, we Right. These guys weren't even at risk, though. And by and by surely by the end of 2020, let alone 2021 or even into 2022, it was clear that a 22 or 24 year old male who had no comorbidities at all uh, was not at risk of dying from uh, from COVID. And yet those were people who were being released. And it's because they want to manufacture a crime wave in this country. They want anarchy in the streets. Uh, they don't with, you know, they, they, because it helps, it helps destroy the fabric of, of our nation. I don't want to get too political here, but how else can you explain it when the city of New York has said, you know what, we're going to spend $1.8 billion in housing illegal aliens and we're not going to pay police officers any overtime in the middle of a crime wave. Well, yeah. Look. Uh, you, you can make it risky for criminals to commit crime with law enforcement. You can also make it risky for criminals to commit crimes by allowing victims to be able to go and defend themselves. And we're in this weird world right now where you have a, a number of politicians who 
want to prevent law enforcement from doing their job and also want to protect individuals from being able to go and protect themselves. So you, well, but before we wrap up, excuse me for interrupting. I've only got a couple minutes left. I want to circle back sure. to this California plan because this thing about getting, a, you know, a, 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 an amendment passed, um, I, I, you know, in thinking about the uh, that is such an incredibly difficult process. It's not something well, done Easily. And, it, right. it, and quite frankly, it can't be done. So you have to ask yourself, since Gavin Newsom is incredibly strategic, why would he even float that? Because the, the Democrats always reach high, knowing that they're not going to ultimately get this thing that they want right here, but they're going to get steps towards it. They're going to get well, movement towards it. And ultimately, their game plan is to get our guns away from us. And they right. are and, and it, through, by hook or by crook. And they are working on a bigger picture game plan to subvert the Constitution in order to do so. I don't know if I explained that well. Well, look, uh, you can pretty much know how judges are going to go on the gun issue simply by who appointed them. And, uh, you know, it's about 98 percent of the time you'll be able to accurately predict how a judge is going to be able to rule on this. By the end of next year, about 67 percent of the circuit and district court judges in the United States will have been appointed by Democrats. Uh, And, uh, you know, so the big difference there is the Supreme Court. uh, By the end of the next presidential term, uh, uh, Clarence Thomas will be 80 Sam Alito will be 78. Those are probably the two strongest voices on the court in terms of protecting uh, individuals' rights to self-defense. All three of the Democrats on the Supreme Court don't believe that there's an individual right to self-defense, let alone an individual right to protect yourself with a gun. And so, uh, you know, I think it's a long game. You have uh, these cases now that are going through the courts. It's going to take five or six years for a lot of them to be able to go and work their way through. And I think the Democrats think that uh, if they win the next presidential election, uh, they'll be able to go and uh, essentially radically change the Supreme Court. I mean, people may think the conservatives have uh, a leg up right now on it, but uh, that can change very quickly when you're talking about the age of uh, the justices that are there. And of course, once that changes. Yeah, Go we're going to have we're out of time. We're going to have to leave it there. Tell everybody how they can read your stuff. Well, they can go to our website at crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. And you guys stay tuned. We got a little update of our friends from the north. Are they really our friends? Way do you get a load of uh, Justin Trudeau and the fallout from the celebration of a Nazi and who he who he is apologizing to? You won't even believe it. Stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. The, uh, the uh, president, C- Canadian president, uh, our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, is uh, doing all kinds of cleanup on all five over this uh, Nazi celebration they had. But get a load of who he's sorry that they hurt with this display yesterday. Sticks, if you could play Trudeau. 
In a few moments, I will address the House in front of all Canadians, in front of Jewish people here and around the world, and Ukrainians, to offer Parliament's unreserved apologies for what happened on Friday. The Speaker was solely responsible for the invitation and recognition of this man, and has wholly accepted that responsibility and stepped down. This was a mistake that has deeply embarrassed Parliament and Canada. All of us who were in this House on Friday regret deeply having stood and clapped, even though we did so unaware of the context. Mm -hmm. It was a horrendous violation of the memory of the millions of people who died in the Holocaust, and it was deeply, deeply painful for Jewish people. It also hurt Polish people, Roma people, two SLGBTQI plus people, disabled people, racialized people, and the many millions who were targeted by the Nazi genocide. What the... <laughs> First of all, I don't even know who the heck 2SL people are. It, it, they, they've, gone so, they've gone so insane up in Canada, our former friends of the North, with this LBGTQ business. They've added the number 2 and the letter S to the equation. That's who was hurt? Can you tell me how they were hurt? With, 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 did did uh, this SS soldier, was he rounding up trannies? Is that what was going on back in the Nazi days? Come on. Absolutely absurd. I want you to listen to uh, the Jewish uh, uh, parliament member who slammed Trudeau over uh, his Nazi comments in the past. The Honourable Member for Thornhill. Speaker, the Prime Minister has never been shy to use the Nazi label against his opponents, mm-hmm. against Canadians. Right. But not being able to bring himself to take responsibility for an actual yeah. Nazi is something that Canadians will not forget. That's right. The Prime Minister could have prevented this. He should have prevented it. And he needs to fix it. The world knows that under this Prime Minister, a Nazi was honoured in this place. The question is, is who speaks for Canada? And if it's not this Prime Minister, isn't it time for Canadians to have one who will? Yeah, you can stop at those sticks, because then Trudeau gets up and starts offering some kind of nonsense. Um, uh, That was a Jewish uh, member of the parliament there said, yeah, and and she was absolutely right on about him. And and what what, before he apologized to the two SL people, whoever they are, he went on to he opened actually specifically saying that the speaker who's resigned was solely responsible. That's a bunch of crap, an absolute bunch of crap. You know, the the uh, Democrats continue to call us Nazis all day long here in the in the United States. If they hate Nazis so much, why isn't the Biden administration denouncing Trudeau? Where are the statements from the Biden administration? Has anybody asked Corrine Jean-Pierre demanded that Joe Biden renounce and denounce Justin Trudeau? And by the way, when Joe Biden went to the to the picket lines for the UAW, he was only there 12 minutes. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Hour two of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Financial Thought Doctor will be here. Hold on to your pocketbooks. America's, the uh, IRS is coming for you. We're going to talk about that next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.